and welcome to another episode of the Pinellas County Schools Digital Learning Podcast Show. We're here today at Safety Harbor Middle School in Safety Harbor, Florida, part of the Pinellas County School System. We are continuing to talk with students, teachers, and school leaders about how having a one-to-one device is impacting their way of work and the way they teach and learn. And so, we have quite a few people here with us today, and I'm going to pause to let them introduce themselves, and we're going to start here. Uh, hi, I'm Crystal Justice, and I teach Spanish 2, 8th um, grade English, and yearbook journalism. Hello, I'm Tammy Madsen. I teach 7th grade civics here at Safety Harbor. My name is Abby, and I'm in 7th grade. My name is Jackson, and I'm in 7th grade. Hello, my name is Rachel Hart. I'm in 8th grade. Hi, my name is Rachel Langston, and I'm also in 8th grade. Hello, my name is Asia, and I'm in 8th grade. Hi, my name is Troy Sanofsky, and I'm in 8th grade. My name is Danny Valeris. I'm the proud principal of Safety Harbor Middle. My name is Noreen Wishart. I'm an 8th grade English teacher and an avid elective teacher. Okay, so before I start asking you guys questions and we have our discussion, I want to thank each of you to, for participating and joining us in our conversation today. I want to welcome our listeners as we, again, continue to have discussions around technology and its impact in education. And so let's get started. Um, Mr. B, can you tell us a little about your school? Absolutely. We're a little bit over a thousand students in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, I have a staff of teachers who are highly collaborative. They're always trying to find ways to reach their students in different ways, which is why this PCS um, device Um, initiative has been very valuable to our staff. We have a growing music, arts, um, pre-AP classes. Um, We have Spanish, Mandarin, Chinese. Um, We have a growing business ed and industrial arts program where students earn uh, certifications um, that can help them in high school and beyond. And what we like to have here at Safety Harbor is something for every single student so they feel connected to the school. I have anything, anything from STEM club to guitar club to, you know, award winning basketball, volleyball teams, district winning uh, sports teams. So there's something here for every single student so they feel connected to the school. And, you know, in, in looking at the PCS Connects um, initiative, one of the things that we've been working on this year is monthly professional development where teachers incorporate some of the instructional technology that's offered by the district and how students can not only, um, teachers not only use it, but how can students create products with the information in their respective standards for each class. Sounds like you've uh, developed quite the community, not only for belonging for the students, but support for your teachers and educators. So, uh, you know, the pandemic hits about a year and a half, two years ago. The district decides to purchase devices, and so now the devices are here. Can you share how your school worked to get those devices into the hands of students so that they'd have access at school and home? Absolutely. Well, you know, beginning over the last couple of years, a lot of students had devices that were checked out to them. So some of those students kept those devices, and students that didn't have devices were checked out the new devices that came in. So that process took a little bit of time to roll out. We, we did it through um, science classes. Students turned in their permission slips and their science teachers monitored 
the permissions of process, gave them the laptops, worked with our media specialist, you know, to get those out. We got all of them, about 90% of them out in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we still working on after the first kind of wave, if you will, we had to work individually with families to educate them on what the devices are for, what they're being checked out for. So that took a little bit of time, but the the time was well worth it because the students had devices. Excellent. So I want to ask the teachers, now that your students have devices in their hands, how has that impacted your way of work? I'll go first. Um, I taught school when we did not have anything like the technology, nothing. It was literally, I can remember before we had smart boards and computers. So having the, what I really have enjoyed this year is, and I'm still working at it, I'm learning, is using the Canvas. I can put everything on there that the kids need, and they can get to it later. If they're absent, they can look. And we're getting to where it's becoming a routine, and I think next year it'll even be better. But for example, this week, everything I am doing with them, they can also access if they miss something. If someone can't keep up with what I'm doing, they can go back and look, and it's all there for them. So I'm seeing that that's been very helpful in just giving them all their information right there so they can pull it up when they get home or they can work on it in class. And I've been, when we did not have that, when I would give them a presentation, they did, couldn't see it later. So this has been really good. And I would say 90% of my kids show up every day with their device with them. There might be a couple, and I have some in the classroom. I'll, I'll help them out. But everybody has a computer in front of them. And then sometimes they'll partner up if they need to. But for me, it's been excellent. I've loved it. And I think the kids are learning more. And there's a lot I can do on there to prep them for EOC, um, civics test. I give them practice questions all the time. And then go in there and practice. And I'm going to do more of that. And I could do that back in the day. I can say that in, in my classes, Canvas has also been very valuable. Um, and in one example, um, my Spanish students, I had a few more Spanish students than I did workbooks initially, and being able to put the workbook on there for them to print individual pages if they needed to, or having a, mostly, now I have most of the work on Canvas, I put my PowerPoints and things on there as well. Um, self-paced assignments are available in Nearpod or in GymKit, uh, look it for extra practice. For some of our Spanish exams, we've been able to use Flipgrid for them to record um, and that's been helpful also when kids have had to be out for some reason. And they've been able to do it from the comfort of their home if they needed to. And I still have the evidence that they can't speak. Um, so that's been, that's been really important for us. So I would say likewise that the technology has been really valuable. I think that we as a, as a collaborative group of teachers have been learning. It's been a huge learning curve for all of us. And I've always been high tech. And I came from a Google world and switched into a Microsoft Office world. And um, it was that transition alone pre-COVID was an obstacle for me. Um, but learning to use Canvas, um, I've taught my students how to use Microsoft OneNote, which was a big learning for, curve for them because not all teachers use that. But there are also a lot of really great interactive resources that we can access through Clever, so they can do Nearpods and Flipgrid, and um, there are just so many, you know, different resources for teachers, and we're all still learning so much and learning with the kids, and sometimes, honestly, we learn from the kids. When I had my virtual classes, I had students teaching me how to do things on my screen while I was teaching, so um, it's been fun. 
um, and overwhelming, I think, for all of us, but largely beneficial. And I wanted to add to that, too, the amount of data that we can see and instant feedback. Do kids understand it? And we get those instant, okay, this is the poll, this is the quiz, and that's been so helpful for adjusting Mm -hmm. instruction. Because I can remember having to wait to get into a computer lab. Sometimes I couldn't do things. Now we can do it anytime. So it's it has to be better. Thank you. So students, now that there are more devices and you have your own device, how does that change your day? That's it. I would say um, it's very helpful, um, especially when I have days out. Um, I can go into Canvas or any of these other programs and make up work. I also know it's easier to check um, things like grades. Because I know before you'd have to get your report card to see what grades you have, and now just push the button. So it kind of helps me to monitor my progress and see where I'm going and that I'm getting the, the learning that I need. I agree with that. It is also easier to contact teachers via email because sometimes we used to have to like write notes to them and they wouldn't get it as easily. So emailing them, they are able to respond to it even when they're at home, not just at school. So we can still communicate with them outside of school in case we're stuck on something or we need help. I think it accommodates to the students who don't usually always want to use paper all the time and we're easier on computers and vice versa because there's other ways to submit things, whether it be you can send a video, picture, or anything. So it's not as just know how to write on paper and write for a long time. Um, I like not having as many papers in my backpack. Instead of having these folders of paper in my backpack, I can have folders online and that's very easy and I like the easy feedback like if I'm taking a quiz on canvas I can instantly know I got a four out of five or a five out of five Mm -hmm. so thank you guys you shared a lot of great things a lot of it very positive however just like in life right not every thing goes the way we want right there's always two sides to every coin so even though you shared a lot of positives I know that there are some obstacles or hurdles that you guys have overcome or even may still be dealing with. And this question is for everyone. Can you share some of those obstacles that you've encountered? And if you're able to overcome them, how you did it? Um, one thing that gets quite annoying is when websites or like Canvas will sometimes crash because of the amount of kids using the same Wi-Fi and all on the same website. And then it takes a while for the websites to reboot, and that can put us behind. And constantly, sometimes the Wi-Fi isn't the best, and it'll flicker on and off because of the kids all on at the same time. And because we all have computers, it's just being occupied. And sometimes it slows it down, so that is annoying having to. Like, sometimes our computers aren't accessible, and our assignments are on the computers, and we really don't have anything to do then. One funny story I had was (laughs) right before the NHD project was done, my OneDrive wasn't saving, and like it was right before, and I had to print things out and send them to my mom so we could print them out, and it was not letting me save it, so I could like do nothing. I had to get my sister to like actually like 11 at night just come and help me save it as a PDF so she could transfer it to my mom's computer and print it out, but I was so stressed that night. I had to like, I was crying a lot. <laughs> Sometimes it gets like tricky and stuff because for people who don't really know how to use computers and like haven't had like a lot of access to computers and stuff, it gets tricky. Like I, I can barely even save something to like OneDrive. 
Um, I would say it's hard when you have a big obstacle, like um, I know it's happened to me and my friend. Um, our computers, just one aspect of it, completely stopped working. Um, mine wouldn't connect to internet. It wouldn't give internet options. It just and it was halfway through the day. And so if I had anything that I was currently working on in that computer, um, I had tabs open for research, it was all gone. And so I had to start over with a, a new computer. And it's hard when you get a new computer and sometimes the computers like work different. You have little, it has little corks or, um, yeah. in the, and you have to figure out how to solve those out and you have custom to this old computer and then your new computer, it's really hard to get to it and figure out how to work out the little kinks. One of the bigger issues I'd say was probably us ourselves because it not only did it give us access to a lot of things, it also gave us all a thousand students access to Minecraft. Yeah, and other websites and then websites sometimes that we need that even like the teachers post are blocked sometimes. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Kids are easily distracted. You'll just hear random YouTube videos going off in like the back of the classroom. And they think it's funny, but it stops the entire class. So that gets pretty annoying. Yeah, disrespectful. I think sometimes there are like uh, programs, like new programs that we um, introduce to the computers, like sometimes halfway through the year, um, that like we don't necessarily understand. So we're kind of having to relearn how to use that system and kind of adapt to using less of one and more of another sometimes that can be a bit of a, a hurdle yeah going off of what jackson says but from an adult perspective i think there's um sometimes with my staff because i like to also model the use of technology like i have a adobe spark for my newsletter i like to make nearpods if i'm expecting my kids and my teachers to use them i need to use them as well um i think that sometimes we need to know whatever context we're in whether or not Teams is appropriate, Nearpod is appropriate, um, whatever we're using to, to convey information. There are some times where I've reflected and I said, oh, this would probably be better in a faculty meeting where people could like feel and understand each other and maybe have some conversation as opposed to a Teams meeting. So that's one of the barriers that I kind of reflect on or not barrier, but maybe one of the challenges or learning growth opportunities that I think about when I'm using technology and I think about what I'm conveying and I what, 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 what do I want the final product to be? I kind of understand that a little bit because when you guys do add new programs and things, it's great, but it's almost access to too much at one time. Like recently we got Penda for all the science students and that just felt like a pile on of work. But Penda is fun. You have to try it a little it's more. It's fun in small doses. In small doses. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I don't know if uh, my students in here remember the first time I used Lumio and I lost all of your work. Um, yes, that was. Uh, I think that was frustrating for all of us, but uh, I've tried to persevere in it because it has some different functions that Nearpod doesn't have. So it's kind of like what you said about trying to find the right tool, but also not overwhelming the students or ourselves and sometimes relying on other teachers for advice and how did you make this work? Also, you were talking about being comfortable. Like I know my class is doing, I'm having them do Adobe Spark for their 27 Amendment project. Last year we used PowerPoint. I didn't like PowerPoint for this project because 
the kids got too distracted with all the, you know, decorating the pages. Plus, they all would email it to me. I had emails all over the place. So we tried Adobe Spark, and I had a lot of kids fight back with me on that, not wanting to do it. And I said, well, this for this one, we're going to do it, and then we'll do something else with PowerPoint later. But I've enjoyed it because it's easier for me because I can just click and see exactly what they're doing. They don't have to send me anything. So I kind of did that to help myself out. But I am seeing that they're having to struggle through it a little bit. Um, but we'll get it done. And, you know, next year I might look at it differently. But I wanted to try something new. But that, that a lot of them have not done it before, and they're more comfortable with PowerPoint. So this has been a little bit of a struggle. But then I look at it as they have another tool they can use down the road. So, But I have seen a little struggle there. I would agree that in a lot of ways has fun or interactive and all that stuff that technology can be, it does take away from the time that we spend on our content. Like Troy was saying about how I don't know how to save onto my OneDrive. I teach eighth grade honors and I still walk around the room when the kids are doing an assignment to check that everyone's toggle is switched on because mm-hmm. I have several students that'll come in and say, I swear I did this. You watched me. And I say, well, did you save it to the OneDrive? And a lot of times they'll lose their work. So I mean, it's, it is a learning curve and it does take time away from instruction sometimes when we're focusing on the, the actual technology and not the content. But I think like Ms. Matson said that it is important that we are giving you guys access to different resources and things to be able to use. You want to add to that, Sharon? Yeah, yeah, like writing and stuff like that, it kind of got boring after a long time. I feel like, like classes and stuff are evolving because technology and it's easier for like as a community of the school it's easier great segue into my next thing i want you guys to share something that you found to be unique or interesting that um for the students that your teacher had you engaged and it could be a platform or a software or a task and then um for the teachers, what um, something you guys already shared a lot of the tools that you use, but if you could think of one activity or one thing you were able to do because of the technology, could you share that? Um, I know that a lot of my teachers are starting to give out school games like um, uh, Penda, Bluegit, um, things like that where or iCivics, things like that, where I can compete with my friends and we try to get, you know, the most points or who in the classroom gets the top points. And I think that incentive of, like, winning helps me realize that I'm not, I don't even realize I'm doing math or science because I'm so focused on getting the highest amount of points. I agree with that. It is fun having, like, interactions with students, like your friends playing on Book It or Kahoot. That's new, we can compete with each other, but still learn at the same time. And sometimes when we're doing work on computer or off the computer, you don't get to interact with your friends like that. And it is fun just to like have a little bit of competitiveness. And sometimes the teachers reward us and it makes us like, oh, let's do it again. And then we can keep learning. It's just fun having that interaction. We use a program called IXL for things like math. And I hear some other people use it for science. Um, and a lot of people don't like it because sometimes the lessons feel kind of long, but I think it's really great because um, you can look at all the standards, and standards are on like the FSA and EOCs at the end of the year, so you can kind of just look up which standards you have to study for, 
and it's all based on like topics. So if you're worried about doing bad on a topic on a test, you can find all the lessons for the standard and really get, nail that topic. I think I kind of agree with everybody. Like it's good, it's easier for studying because there's different things to look at. Like IXL and then there's sometimes they post quizzes that you can just do. Like a lot of people like me, I don't usually know how to study. You write the flashcards, but you don't read them. So whenever you know that you really like need to do something or sometimes it's just like a homework assignment, you don't realize, but it's helping you as you're doing it and you can know where to get it. And it's easy to go back in the computer and go to a Canvas module that has a certain unit on it that you need to study for instead of having to dig through papers. One activity that I really like to do is Canvas discussions. So Canvas has a feature where a teacher can post a task and then the students can just write back and forth and interact kind of like uh, text messaging kind of. And I really like doing that with literature. And I think, you know, if we're all trying to come up with a theme or evidence, they can share their ideas and then they don't have to necessarily have a conversation out loud. So it is really nice for kids that are quiet or have a lot to say. It gives them an opportunity to share their, their knowledge and content. Yeah, kids are pretty shy these like sometimes. And being able to interact with people through a computer screen, not having to talk to them, is probably a more comfortable way for them. So they feel like they're still being accepted in the group or in the activity without having to really step out of their comfort zone. Remembering in um, English recently, we were working on summarizing. So we had this, um, I had the kids create like a lesson for a group of first graders summarizing some articles, basically, and it needed to be one to two minutes long. And this was something that Troy did. He, um, we, they created the videos in Adobe Spark and there's different sections. It says, okay, if you teach a lesson, do this, then this, then this. And it says real short, you're almost running out of time. You're able to use icons, which you probably felt more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, and then like in Spanish, when I was in Spanish in high school, we often had like these vocabulary tests all the time and things like that. But we're using um, like Book It or Gym Kit to drill vocabulary at the beginning of class. So the kids are getting the reminders, but they're playing and they're not really realizing that they're drilling vocabulary. So These programs, sometimes they can be fun and be graded on doing something that like that you like, it feels good. Kind of gives you like a memorable, memorable or fun experience to help like call back to you. So you, if you're forgetting something, you can remember that one time you had fun doing that. So I do have one last question for you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a scenario, and I, I want you to honestly give me your opinion. So I'm a teacher. My kids or my students have one-to-one -one devices. However. I'm a little hesitant or reluctant to let them get on in class because I just have my own fears. What would you say to try and convince me to allow the students to use those devices? And this is an open question for everyone. Um, one thing my teachers do is they will take the desks and put the chairs so that the computers are going to be facing the teacher so then you don't have to worry about if is the kid playing a video game or are they actually doing the work you can rotate the chairs very easily and then you can see what the people are doing and it's very obvious if someone's hiding something because they're going to have the computer in their lap i'm going to do that i haven't done that yet <laughs> <laughs> on some websites that you can use you're able to monitor what the kids are doing 
So like Nearpod is a good example. You can see everyone's screen when you're answering questions or you're doing like a draw question or a type question. You can see what they're doing and you can like if they type an answer, you can accept it or deny it like if it's not appropriate. So it gives you kind of control over what they're doing without like completely controlling them yourself. So it's kind of easier way to monitor kids. Well, some of the games like uh, like Blocka, as people have previously mentioned, if like there's any like malicious content or people join that's like not supposed to be there, you can just remove any person from the game. Push the button. Like honestly, if you're worried about games, most of them are blocked. Um, but if it's cheating, I know on some Canvas like test, they can like tell you if a person has like logged out of a tab. So honestly, like it's just you should not cheat anyway. So I mean, as much as they are meant for like control, like the computers are able to be monitored and everything. I think giving the students computers is also more about, like, trust. Like, you're trusting them to have the computer, take care of it, and, like, you're giving them the freedom of having a computer and being able to have fun and access to everything in return for still working on your lessons, not cheating, and such. Responsibility. Yeah. Kind of gives you two layers of responsibility, where not only are you having to like keep up with the assignments and um, looking at your grades and such, but also having to take care of the computer. Yeah, kids, we have, we get a worksheet, like, not a worksheet, we get a sheet in the beginning before we get our computer, and um, we sign it off, and it tells us, like, if you damage the computer, then this is what you have to, like, pay back, or what you're going to have to do. So most kids are careful, because they don't want to have to pay the money to... Like, you, you got the computer for free. You don't want to pay for it. So they take care of it, and they do do, like, they won't. It's not like they're going to do something overly stupid with the computer, like throw it or toss their backpack around. They know that they have a responsibility they have to uphold, so they won't do anything too It gives crazy. people um, independence of having this device that they have to take care of. One of the things that I would say to the teacher that's a little reluctant to moving past or implementing it is there's always like this fear that it might not go the way that you're envisioning but I think it's important that you just take the risk because you're going to be learning through that process and it's important that you as a teacher kind of model that for your students like some of your students may not be ready to jump into the technology they may not know how to use it but you have to start somewhere that's how we learn I mean that's how I learned a lot of the programs you just jump in it and start learning and making mistakes and having successes so I would also add to that that you're not alone. Like I've learned so much from Miss Justice and so many of my colleagues, and uh, I'm incredibly empowered by the things that I've learned and I've been able to share with others. And I think we do need to model that for our kids. Yeah, there is some benefits to having like a classroom full of technology. Is that you could be more organized, and you won't have like a bunch of papers and like it's just stressful to have all this everything on your desk instead you could just have a screen i would just say i I talked to some teachers that are not really using the computers a lot of them just they don't want the kids to be doing something they shouldn't be doing but i am fine maybe i might have two per period that i have to go over and remind get back on what you're supposed to be doing and then just deal with that but then the other 27 or so are doing what they're supposed to be doing so you just have to push through and it's it's always going to be a challenge middle school's a challenge and you have to redirect them that's just what we do I guess we still do that. We still redirect the two with or without technology, right? <laughs> and it is a, a self-inflicted wound if, 
wound if you're not doing what you're supposed to on the tech because when the test comes and you remember that day you were learning that on the day of the test when you come to remember that you don't know this unit because you were fooling off with your technology instead of using it the right way to learn the unit you're gonna know that that was your fault nobody else's fault wanted to, I guess, also say to teachers that are beginning to use technology is to not feel like you have to do all of it at once. Just, you know, start with, okay, this looks like it's useful. Like maybe just start with Word or with Canvas or one thing. And once you're comfortable, you can start moving into other things, but you don't have to do all of it. Wow, you guys have provided some pretty convincing uh, arguments and statements on why. So as we wrap up, I want to say thank you all for joining us. To our, our listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Go Seahawks. <laughs>